to Bible and Pop Culture's podcast. We're so glad you're here. I'm your host, Mia Burt, curator for Bible and Pop Culture magazine. For years, I taught Bible and Pop in the classroom and had a blast and learned as much as I taught. But now we're taking it to the streets for honest exploration of authentic Christianity through pop culture. I'm here today with Kevin Lucas. Kevin is a health and wellness advocate, entrepreneur, and philanthropist dedicated to helping people restore their lives. He began his career as a board-certified advanced structural integrator, helping thousands of patients all over the world with severe conditions and diseases such as sclerosis, Parkinson's, dystonia, fibromyalgia, MS, and autoimmune disorders, as well as helping people manage chronic pain. Kevin also specializes in working with all levels of athletes, professional and collegiate, from around the country. Kevin's work in the treatment room has led him to helping other medical professionals as well. As an international trainer and speaker, Kevin trains medical professionals in pain education and business development. Kevin's obsession with helping people find relief from pain so that they can live their best lives possible keep him in the front lines of healthcare. He now owns, operates, and manages New Hope Regeneration Clinics throughout the U.S. and specializes in providing infinity cell therapy. The June edition focuses on the question, what is healthy? And what is it that gets in the way of us doing the things we need in order to care for ourselves? So, Kevin, welcome. Good morning, Mia. Thank you so much for having me today. Let's kind of jump in with some some questions about pop culture and about health. So when you consider pop culture and the message that it's sending about what's healthy and how to get healthy, based on your experience as a health practitioner, how do you interpret that message? And then what are your thoughts on kind of where we should be going with that message? This is such a powerful question. I actually have a goosebumps or God bumps right now as you are, are talking about this. So I've been in the, the health and wellness industry for 20 years. And, and for those who have been in for you know 20 years or longer compared to people kind of just jumping into uh, health and wellness, it's fascinating what pop culture and social media has done in changing our perception of what being healthy is and based off of you know what we're told by, via the media versus what is actually the most healthy for our bodies. And so one of the things that we have to do with a, a lot of our patients is that we really have to spend a lot of time helping them develop awareness and connection to their bodies in a way that is real mm-hmm. versus the stories that are kind of put out there, you know, on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and, and all the other, you know, social media platforms, because there's a, a, we're bombarded with information every day that may or may not be good for each individual person. Mm-hmm. Can you give a, a specific example of something that you, off the top of your head, kind of think where it's maybe not the best information? Absolutely. So the the old analogy used to be, and, and it doesn't matter what, what age we are with this, because we all get this, because we all have to go to the grocery store. So when we go to the grocery store and we're waiting in line and there's all of the magazines and all of the different uh, articles that are sitting right there telling us, you know, hey, you know, get your, you know, six pack abs in six days or, you know, lose 10 pounds in three days or, you know, Oprah uses, you know, this slim down method for, you know, and on and on and on and on. Mm 
-hmm. And that used to be one of the primary ways at which we were really bombarded and influenced about, you know, what's potentially healthy or not. But now, as a result of these amazing computers that we keep in our pockets, these uh, amazing smartphones that we have, you know, whether we're talking about Twitter or Instagram or, or, you know, any other social media platform, what we see is we're constantly bombarded by kind of the next gizmo-y gadget bad to be able to get healthy. And so what we observe with a lot of our patients is that people are bouncing from, you know, uh, concept or fad to the next new shiny thing. And many of them are not reaching their health goals. And in fact, what I'm noticing, whether we're talking about physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, is that I'm seeing a larger percentage of my clients who are utilizing social media and pop culture as their um, leader or as their guide to supposedly be healthy to actually become m- more unhealthy, heavier, more depressed, more anxious than what I've ever seen in the last, in my whole 20 years as a career. And that skyrocketed the last four or five years in particular. So kind of considering the messages that we're being bombarded with, like one of the examples to me that really stands out is the difference that there is a difference between being skinny and being healthy. Absolutely. People are equating that as the same thing and it's not. It is absolutely not the same thing. And and, and this is where I think in a time where we think we're getting more information and we're more connected with social media and we're realizing, I think a lot of people are realizing that they're actually more disconnected and having more or, or they're having less open guidance that is giving them attainable goals towards, towards their health. And so I'm a stocky guy. So my whole entire life, if you look at my uh, BMI on the chart, um, the last time I hit my uh, supposed BMI uh, on the suggested medical chart, I think I was 11 or 12 years old based on my height and my weight. And, you know, and I, I train martial arts consistently. I exercise every day. I'm a very active person. And so this idea based off of what we see in imaging about other people is is not real you know whether we're talking about you know that six foot four tall dark and handsome man with the v-shaped torso and the, the the biceps and the chest and the abs that are you know shredded or we're talking about you know being small and petite and skinny and curvy at the same time and and what i think a lot of media doesn't portray is it doesn't portray normal people living normal lives right we see these celebrities and we see all of these beautiful people in the tv commercials on the on the shows and and in the movies and we don't realize that those people have been given or have hired with their millions of dollars someone who comes to their house every single day and cooks for them you know someone who buys their groceries someone who prepares the food someone who comes to their house and gets them out of bed and, and helps them exercise or, or whatever it happens to be. And the average person doesn't, doesn't have access to those resources. And so when I look at what social media portrays as, as what is healthy, especially physiologically, it, it's so kind of out of the normal range of, of what all of us are, are, are interacting with and, and dealing with. And so coming back to, you know, skinny doesn't equate healthy, no different than, you know, being a little more, you know, having a little more mass to you doesn't mean you're unhealthy either. So this is where we want to really tap into having someone who can sit with us personally and and look at blood work and and look at, you know, all of our, our, our physical health from a you know, from, from a leadership capacity as opposed to just tuning into the next Instagram post from whoever's hot and 
busy and productive in the, the last six months or whatever it happens to be. That's really, really good. So can we talk a little bit about telling the difference between what's healthy and what's not when you're kind of navigating what the culture's pushing at us? So what are some just general, you know, two or three general guidelines that we could kind of use to go, okay, this is kind of what healthy is and helping us define that for ourselves. Yeah. Something that one of my mentors shared with me was the more the media pushes it, the more commercials there are for something, chances are that is the thing that is maybe not the the best for you. So if you're seeing something where they're funneling, you know, millions and millions of dollars into telling you that you need it, chances are that might be kind of the first place at which you should ask a question. Now, I'm not saying that innately it's wrong or that it's not healthy, but the more money that has to be put into it to encourage you to buy it or to be part of that program, chances are that's not something that I would refer to as true. If it's something that maybe is unsustainable in the way that, you know, you're going to do this for this time period and this time period only, and then you're going to be healthy, that is another trigger for me because what that's doing is that that's putting that projected, well, if I get to this place, then everything is good and fine from there. And we can look at that from a food perspective, from a movement and an activity perspective. Well, if I do this boot camp for this many weeks, or if I go run the, the 5k fun mutter, then I'm going to be healthy. You know, I think that that's where we're getting into a lot of trouble is that we forget that this life is a marathon. Mm -hmm. right? And consistency really is key. And so the pattern that I found is that a lot of people get sucked into, well, and we do need goals and we do want to work on timelines, but this idea that if I can get to this place, then I'll be healthy, then I'll be fit, then I'll be cute, then I'll be attractive, then I'll be whatever the adjective. (laughs) Right. But that's where a lot of people, they get there and they meet that. And then they say, well, now what's, now what I do? they go into another big chunk of time where they're not engaged and they're not connected and they're and they're feeling more anxious and they're feeling more frustrated and then those experiences I think go into the category of failures Mm -hmm. and it wasn't maybe that that was necessarily a failure but people believe that well once I do this and this one thing then I have success and so if I'm looking at health and wellness counsel or activities or, or hobbies, I really want to find something that consistent, consistently allows me to build relationships with myself, learning about my own body, learning about how my body moves well or, or what foods make me have more energy versus what foods don't. Just a, re- a really quick example is that I, was, I like to try things before I suggest them and recommend them to other, other people. I don't really like to say, hey, you should do this, and I don't have any experience right. with it. That's perfect. Um, and I, and I, tried the, I was trying this food program, and it seemed really fantastic. And I did it for about two weeks, and I had had some big changes in my body, and my weight had changed, and, and that was all true. But my insides were more sick than what I had ever been in a long, long time. So the scale was changing and I can see that, but my ins- my energy level was not good. My digestive tract was out of control on fire and 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 it was really crazy. So I had to look at that and say, even though that all of these people are having really great success with this, this for me was not the right road to go down. And so I think how it's affecting your mood, how it's affecting your 
your willingness to want to keep learning and keep engaging, those, those are important. And if you're putting a lot of pressure on, well, this is going to be the end all be all fix all, I think those are, are patterns that get us into trouble. And just kind of unrealistic to sustain. Totally unrealistic. Because there's no, no change. So I, I like what you were just saying, because I think it all goes back to the question of, you know, what is the purpose of being healthy? It's not just feeling good, but there's a bigger thing. And I like one of the things that I kind of am hearing you say is your purpose. So, yes. you know, what are your thoughts on the relationship of your health and your purpose? This is one of my most favorite questions. And, you know, when, when I meet a new doctor and I'm working with a new clinic and they, they ask a question, well, you know, why are you doing this? And why are you so passionate about helping people? My, and, and I can share this in this platform. And, and my goal is the more healthy a person is, the better chance they have at having a, an amazing relationship with God. Because the, the less healthy we are, mind, body, spirit, physical, emotional, or, or spiritual, those things are always intertwined and connected together. If I'm physically hurting all of the time, then it's going to have an impact on my purpose. Because when I'm physically in pain, I have to now spend time and energy managing my pain, which means I have less time and energy to live my purpose and utilize my gifts and my talents help other people. So for me, the reason I've been so committed to helping people, you know, find relief from pain and, and become more healthy is that when I observe people get out of that dark place, when they shift out of their high levels of anxiety and depression, and, and they've not been utilizing their gifts and talents to be of service to other people, there's a lot of people that are missing out because each one of us has something to share with other people. And the more healthy a person can be mind, body, and spirit, the more they have to give to others. You know, so from a physiological perspective, um, from food, if I'm eating a lot of really crappy food, for example, and I'm having a lot of migraines and I'm having a lot of headaches and I'm having a lot of maybe joint pain because I'm eating a lot of food that causes the inflammatory processes, I have to put energy into managing that, which then takes resources away from my ability to spend time with my friends and to spend time with my community and, and, and my people. And whether that's at work or that's play or that's with my family, um, that to me is the cornerstone. So when doctors say, well, you know, why are you excited to help people? You know, I have to say, well, I want people to be able to live a better life. But the underlying fundamental component of this is the more healthy and happy a person is, the more energy they have to be in relationship. That's not distracted. It's not effort and it's not drudgery and, and challenging. I love that. I love that. I noticed that one of your passion areas is connection. I have some great thoughts on the connection between the quality of our relationships and communication. And I'd kind of like to go back to what you were talking about is that, you know, we are triune beings. We're a spirit and a mind and a body. Can you talk a little bit about our connections to ourselves, our connections to other people, and our connections to God, and just kind of how you see those things interplaying, and how, how are we connected? What does that even mean? Yeah, absolutely. What I love about where we're moving with science is I just believe more and more science is validating our interconnectedness and, and what the Bible has been you know, teaching, obviously, for you know, thousands of years. 
for me, everything this lifetime is about connection. Right? It's about connection with our, our ourselves. It's about connection with our significant other, our children, our friends, our family. And most importantly, it's about our connection to God. And so one of the most amazing statements that was said to me about 15 years ago was the quality of your relationships is a direct connection to the quality of your communication. Mm. Everything is about communication and connection. And so with my spouse, my wife and I have been married for 25 years. We got married when uh, we were still in high school and had a kid in high school. And, and so we've kind of lived this for a, a very long time. And in the beginning, our communication wasn't really that great. I love communicating. My wife is more introverted. So in the very beginning of our relationship, she wanted nothing to do with communicating. And I wanted to, you know, refine that communication consistently. And so it took a while for us to kind of figure out those roles. And, and in a, in a husband wife relationship, we were kind of flip flop. Typically you'll see, you know, the, the female or the woman wanting to communicate more and the guy saying, oh, do we got to talk about it again? Right. And so, so for me, when it comes to communication, the, the, foundational layer is communicating with God. And when we can't communicate appropriately, whether that's because I have a misconception about how something's working, or I have misinformation about what's easier or, or maybe better, then I connect into things and I start tapping into resources that might not be truthful. For example, you know, six pack abs in six days. The reality of that is, is so unreal, but people get drawn to that because we tend to like quick and easy. And so when a person, again, as we were saying before, is physically hurting, their ability to communicate becomes different. You know, I know there's been days where I might have had a headache or a migraine so bad and, you know, my, my wife comes in or my kids come in and they want to play and talk, but my head's hurting so bad. I don't have any bandwidth to be able to communicate with them. And something I hear them say, I come across differently than on a day where I don't have a migraine right. or any other, you know, pathology that we're using. And I think this happens with, with God as well. And I know there's been days where I've had more anxiety or depression or stress and I might be in church or reading a message on my on an Instagram account and I read this message and when I'm in a bad mood or I'm not feeling good I'm like ah, that's not important or that's not significant and then a day that I'm feeling better and my communication is more open I'm like oh my gosh that was the most life-changing verse I've ever heard in my entire life and it was the same thing but from one day to the next depending on my ability to receive that communication, which is drastically affected by physical and mental mental health. So if you find yourself, you know, because we all have those days where we're just out of alignment, we're not yeah. connected even with our own selves. What are some practical things that you can do to connect to yourself, to connect to another person and to connect to God? Oh, this is such a, a great, great, great question. And the, the more I observe media, social media in particular, the more I realize that in order for myself to get right and, and, and to become better connected with creator and better connected with God, I have to shut off the electronics first and foremost, because the information that I'm being bombarded with about what is a better way to, to my attention and, and what I should be doing. I find that the more I'm on Instagram, the more I'm on Facebook, the more agitated I am, the more anxiousness I feel, and the more, you know, kind of 
down or low energy or depressed thoughts that I can have because I'm being bombarded by all this information. So personally for me, the first thing that I do is I, I will say, okay, I need a, I need a media timeout. I need to put my device down. I need to put the tablet down. I need to take a break from that. From there, I then look at Am I, am I getting movement? Because movement really is, is life. And we keep talking about connection. And the way for your body to communicate the best is that if there's movement in the tissues and there's movement in your life. And right now we see this on a very grand scale where we're all kind of being asked to stay at home and there's not a whole lot of movement going on. And we're seeing a lot of people feeling more stressed and more anxious and more depressed because they're not moving. And so after shutting the screens off and it's getting some kind of movement, whether that's a walk or riding a bike or, you know, whatever works best for each person. Um, I like to move a lot. My wife doesn't. For her, a walk is good. For me, I want to go for on a run or, or, or go, you know, kayak or do something more extensively. And then I really want to look at my food because food is just another way of communication that happens in your body. We're taking these gifts that God has given us to be able to help sustain our physical being. And if I'm eating food that is not good for me, if I'm eating food that's highly inflammatory or has a huge amount of processed chemicals in it, the communication that's happening in my body now has to try to filter out all the garbage, which then takes energy that I could be using to get myself back on track. So the, the verbiage that a lot of people are using today is eating more clean. Right? And, and that just means more fruits and vegetables, more whole food, and less food that's processed or comes out of a package or, or, or you know, comes out of um, cans, essentially. And what we find with our patients is that if they can start doing these things kind of consistently, and it doesn't mean being perfect, because the reality is, is that you know, if I've not been moving in months, and I've not been eating well in months, and I've been in a really stressed place emotionally and kind of disconnected, and it's not going to be a magic light switch, and I'm not going to be able to do it perfectly moving forward. So I just want to set some goals where, you know, two or three days this week, I'm going to get some movement. Two or three days a week, I'm going to have a clean meal. And the more I can just chip away at that and, and connect with someone and, and share those experiences so I can have a little bit of accountability, which I think is important, whether that's pastor or my spouse or my even my kids my kids are a little older now they're 17 and 22 and so uh, my oldest son can be like hey dad you're uh, a little short today uh are you you doing okay and then I'd be like oh my gosh yeah I've not gotten a walk in you know two days or, or whatever happens well I think the other part for me is learning to love yourself and to and that you are worth self-care and so like I was absolutely a friend the other day what if you just drink the one glass of water instead of a soda? What nice. if you just spend one more minute than you wanted to on the exercise bike or on a walk? And, and I said, you know, over time, like for me, I found that the one minute made me the next day that I did it go, okay, well, I, I can do this, you know, and it's yeah. about taking care of yourself and being your best self and giving, and like in my mind, giving myself a chance to be my best self. Right. That, that, I really like what you just said right there, giving myself a, a chance and an opportunity. What a lot of people don't realize is that the way that the brain works is that we've been in survival for so long, right? The planet has been a relatively dangerous place for thousands of years. You know, whether it's, you know, the, the, the big cats and lions and tigers that are going to eat us or the snakes crawling around and are going to bite us or our fellow brothers and sisters, right? Some people might live in challenging areas where it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so the last 
maybe 60 to 70 years, particularly in Western nations where we've had a fairly easy time of living overall. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people that aren't still struggling, right? But in general, compared to any other reported, you know, time period throughout history, we're seeing the ability of, I get to wake up and I get to have a house and I get to have food and I get to have help if I need it on average in most Western nations. But the brain is still kind of sucked into fear and scarcity and lack of abundance and, and, and worry. And so every time I create a pattern where, you know, if I didn't do it perfectly, now my brain relates it to some big, huge event because it puts it all in the same box. But they're very different things. And so having, you know, like you suggested, just celebrating that one glass of water is significant. And it seems trivial, but that's how we help change the mindset patterns of, of failure to success. Mm -hmm. And I think the other part of it is there's this misnomer, uh, this lie in our culture that there is even such thing as perception. And I, we kind of address that in our May issue and degreasing the church, that Greek Roman idea that there is an ideal and a perfection and that we even have an opportunity to attain that. So right. I think it's like you said, it's a kind of about balance. Right. Me, I had to, as a type A to the 10th power, I had to say, oh, okay, <laughs> well, maybe this is more about like loving yourself and maybe giving yourself a chance to right. do your work, to do your right. work. And, and I think tying that back to pop culture, um, it, this is something that is incredibly powerful is that again, if you're, you know, 40 or older, there's some patterns in, in pop culture that, that we can recognize. You know, the TV shows that used to be on back in this, especially as an 80s kid, right? I, re I remember, you know, whether they were comedies or action shows or even dramas. One of the things that, that really has hit me recently is that the extent at which pop culture now is so extreme with the content that it shows. So, for example, if you're watching, you know, when you and I were children, you know, a lot of the TV shows, if they were intense and there was a scary part coming up, they would like do a cutaway scene. They would do this foreshadowing and, and we're leading up to, but it wouldn't show the person, you know, getting shot in the head. It wouldn't show all these terrible things that are happening. And now for me, my observation is the more the volume of, of, of advertising, the volume of TV shows goes towards putting pressure on people to make them believe they have to attain this crazy level of perfection. And that's not true and, and that's not real. And so much of that, I believe, is, is being used by the enemy to kind of keep people down and suppressed. And, and this is where I say, in an instant, if I could snap my fingers and if I could say I was going to get rid of fast food commercials, I was going to get rid of alcohol commercials, I was going to get rid of commercials for cards and cell phones and pharmaceuticals, what would be left from an advertisement perspective? And then from TVs and movie, if I were to get rid of the majority of TV shows that focus on murder and rape and sex trafficking and violence and abuse, what would be left from an entertainment perspective? I mean, if you watch TV from seven o'clock on in the evenings, right, every primetime TV show is some kind of drama that focuses on the worst of, of humanity. And so it's so important for us to do all we can to try to find connection to people that is not focused around, around the drama because we can't rely on media to do that because that's what sells, which is why that's the largest content overall uh, for me and, and what I observe. I, I very much agree because I think 
the reality is that we're not just connected to God and to ourselves, we're connected to others. And what we're, we're inundating ourselves with really dictates, do we even value or even recognize that there is a connection with other people? So if you were to, to summarize, like, if you were to tell me these are the three biggest things in our culture that I, I would wish for, what would they be? I would wish for a, a ardent passion, a fiery passion to want to connect with other people mm-hmm. in, in, a, in, a, in a safe, kind, loving, compassionate way. Mm-hmm. That would be the first and foremost, because if we, the, the, the more we're surrounded by people who are for us mm-hmm. and are not just the there, when I'm having a hard time, those connections can help me pull or help pull me out of my wobble much faster, right? right? The more disconnected, the more isolated I am, the more I can go down that rabbit hole and stay disconnected. But if I'm surrounded by people who really want to communicate and learn how to communicate with me the way that I need to communicate, mm-hmm. uh, because, and, and there's a really, really phenomenal book and, and I would recommend, I think every, every person who is, you know, 14, 15, 16, if this could be taught in high schools called the five love languages. Mm-hmm. And it's learning how to connect to people the way that they communicate, right? Right. If we could surround ourselves with a tribe of people who would become obsessed with that, we would most consistently be soaring high and be able to be of service more and be more connected to God because we wouldn't be lost on our wobbles as long. And, and, and even with that, we're still going to have challenges because, you know, we are going to know challenges this lifetime. But I think it would be a lot shorter in duration and we would feel as if, you know, we saw success more than failure. So that would be the first one. Is yeah. uh, That's really good. What about, you know, in that thought process of what, how would you want people to connect with God? Taking, taking the time and, and, and being quiet. I, I think, you know, every day that I practice that when I'm more so in my place of anxiousness, because I can err on the side of anxiousness. Um, I experienced a, a lot of prolonged, very severe abuse growing up and, and torture. And it was really based around, I would be given a task, you know, do this thing. And if I did it, then I wouldn't be hurt. Well, that was never the case because that's not what the abuser wanted to have happen, right? So that facilitated a lot of anxiousness and always doing the right thing. And so what kept me, I think, from my relationship with Jesus for a a large chunk of time was the fear of if I can't be this perfect person and I can't do the right thing, then my relationship with with God isn't going to be okay and I'm going to do the wrong thing and he's going to be upset. Mm -hmm. So as I work through those, I know for me, when I'm spinning and I'm going a thousand miles an hour and I'm, I'm justifying the failures and all the, the perceived lies that are happening, the more quiet I am and the more I, I sit and, and that's sitting with them different ways. Sometimes that's sitting with my Bible. Sometimes that's sitting with, I just picked up these really great uh, comic book renditions of the Bible. You know, sometimes it's just sitting out of my backyard being quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's sitting with my dog in my lap and and being open to listening to you know his wisdom and counsel but it's 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 sitting and and being open to wanting to be and and i find more and more the more anxious i am the more i pick up my phone the more i'm looking for that validation and the less i have it and the more i put my phone down when i'm struggling the faster i get back into um 
you know, being more balanced. That's good. That's really, really good. So in closing, are there any other thoughts that you'd like to share on, you know, some of the, the misinformation on health on, and what that is, or as far as practical application of, of a beginner who has no idea about any of these things, where is a good place to start to find out um, solid information to build a foundation about being healthy? Yeah, and, and, and that right now, um, I, I do a lot of business mentorship, and the, a young man contacted me a couple of days ago when we were having a consulting session, and he was so frustrated, and he was so, so lost and feeling like a total failure, and I asked him, I said, well, why do you, where is this perception coming from? Because when I looked at his numbers and I looked at what he was doing, he was actually making really, really, really outstanding progress. And so he pulls up this video on Instagram and it has this, you know, 22 year old kid, you know, I make $10 million a year and he's sitting on, on top of a Lamborghini with two, you know, half naked women in front of a mansion. And, and this young man was looking to this person as a model of what to attain in, in regards to success. And, and so I just said, what makes you think any of that is real? Right. So as we started to talk about, have you ever sat down with someone who's had multiple businesses, who's maybe in their 50s or 60s and ask them about their processes moving forward? And he said, no, I've, I've never done that. And so we we build up in our mind the way think, things we think should happen instead of being able to sit with someone who can show us through their example that they've been able to accomplish either a successful business or a health marriage or a healthy body in a way that doesn't take advantage of other people. So for me, the first piece of advice is I would say, are you even aware of what it is that you're working towards, right? Or for a physical body, I mean, I, my, my stepbrother is like of the picture V-shaped torso, tall, like, and, and my body was never going to be like that. But I always used to put that as the pinnacle and when I realized that that wasn't the right way for me to look at being healthy, I was able to get healthy in such an amazing way. So I encourage you to, when you look at mind, your physical body and your spiritual self, what is it you really want to attain? And if you're unsure, look for examples of people who accomplish these three areas. They're physically mostly healthy, mentally they're mostly on par and balanced. And number three, the most important part, they're living a spiritual life that, that you seem to respect or that you would like to emulate. I know a lot of really, really rich people who have terrible relationships in their life. They're, they have, you know, their marriages have fallen apart multiple times. Their kids don't relate to them. And they're, you know, moments from having a heart attack right? That they got millions and millions and millions of dollars. And vice versa, I know people who can be super, super healthy, but they spend so much time in the gym, right? That their relationships with their significant other are very poor. So the reality is that it's a balance of those things together, mind, body, spirit. And so my biggest piece of advice is, can you find people who can hold the space for those three things together? Because if you're just looking for that fitness expert, but they have terrible relationships, chances are you're, they're going to be giving you a, a protocol and a pattern that doesn't allow you to be in relationship with other people because you got to spend seven hours in the gym. 
Mm -hmm. right or 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 you're looking to create this business which now means you can't ever have any family time because this business person's telling you to work 18 hours a day and then where's the time for your family and for god you know and you know from a spiritual perspective i know people can get lost in it you don't have to go on a sabbatical for five years and quit your business and leave your family to have a better relationship with god it's looking for the balance of those three things and know that they're all going to have waves and uh, ebbs and flows and we just want to try to create balance in that as best as possible that's perfect I think that's great advice and I think that's exactly as I get older that's exactly what I'm working towards is the balance of all three and just being aware of when they start to wobble like you said and instead of like going off into a rabbit trail or a dark hole it's like okay fix the wobble before it becomes a tip (laughs) And I don't think it's a coincidence that we don't get much guidance in this, right? You know, most of our high school experiences and college and in our, in our 20s and early 30s, it's all about, okay, you got to get this job, you got to make this money, you got to have this body to look like this, to get the significant other, to, you know, all these things. And, it, and it's, there's so, all of that is not attainable together at the same time. We have to, at, at high, high, high levels. And so finding a way to be able to navigate that is significant. And, and this is where I believe, one of my mentors told me this about my children one time, which changed my relationship of every person I was in relationship with. And they said, the reason that your children came after you is because they have skills and gifts that God gave them to be in this time right now mm-hmm. in a way that's needed. Right. And so this idea that we have to do things the way that our parents did them or we have to do them in in any given way of of what an elder says. And of course, we always want to respect counsel and wisdom from from uh, our examples. But God has imbued you with gifts and talents to be right here right now to manage the challenges the way that they're being presented. And if that wasn't the case, I don't think in my opinion, you wouldn't be here right now because you wouldn't be needed. And I believe we're all here to help grow the kingdom. And so the more healthy I am, mind, body, spirit, the more energy I have to be able to tap into my gifts and my talents to help show the the reality and the truthfulness of God's love. So when people come to me and they say, I just can't manage and the pressure right now. I can't manage what's going on and the world is upside down. And, and, and I just always like to bring people back to really, truly, you were designed to be here right now for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, it, you have to discover, you have to, you have to uncover what your destiny is, right? Cause that, you know, God has, has that, he knows the be, you know, from before we were born to, to the end and, and, and it's done. And so being open to wanting to be of service to other people, utilizing your gifts, no matter what those gifts are versus what we're told they are, you know, the Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and, you know, all these other things that are, that are out there, which are fun, right, for an entertainment perspective, and they can make relating easier. Right now, you and I get to have this conversation where, you know, we can't really get together in person, so there's amazing benefits to this, but being of service and wanting to be of service to help grow the kingdom, utilizing your gifts that God gave you to be here right now, I think really is, is the key. Yeah, I, I very much agree. And I think another centering thing is gratitude. I think oh, you know, my goodness. that whole thing just totally changed my perception of just being thankful for what's in front of me instead of always what's tomorrow, what's tomorrow, what's tomorrow. And it's allowed me to like be present and 
you know, just really be present when I'm with the Lord and spending time with him, being present with my family and children and other people around me. And the hardest part to me was being grateful for myself and being yeah. myself. That's been right. a whole new, <laughs> whole new experience. So do you have any thoughts on gratitude? Yeah, gratitude? It, it really it is one of the most foundational elements of, of shifting us from a, because when we're focused on me and what I think that I'm not getting, when I'm focused on, you know, what I think should be happening based off of these needs I think that I have versus doing what I'm asked to do. And, and that's lack of gratitude, right? Really taking the time to be grateful. So I know when I start to get stressed and frustrated from a gratitude perspective, I will take 30 minutes and I will get out thank you cards and I will, I will physically start to just write a thank you to whoever kind of God puts in my mind. Uh, and within that, even just doing that for 10 minutes on days where I'm feeling really stressed and, and anxious, is is huge and and it can be challenging for people especially when they're in a, a dry chapter of their life and they feel like nothing is working in their favor to feel as if they have nothing to be grateful for and so but the, the more we focus on that and think upon the lack of right the more we get the lack of and so the moment i can shift that mindset and 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 be appreciative and, and grateful, even if it's something as silly as, man, I got to take a shower that was warm this morning, yeah. right? We think that those things are so trivial because it's not a million dollars. It's not, you know, driving a, a Ferrari or a Mercedes. It's not, you know, having the next, you know, Louis Vuitton, you know, purse or, or whatever it happens to be, the stories that the media tell us what we should be grateful for. It really is simple things. And, and the more stressed I am, I will guarantee you, uh, I have not been practicing my gratitude. That's awesome. That's a great gauge. <laughs> That's a great gauge. Well, thank you so much, Kevin, for your, your time and your talent and your energy and just your willingness to give to the Bible and Pop community. I really appreciate it and um, look forward to having more time and more talks with you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. What I think you're doing here is, is really just going to change the lives of so many people. And, and learning how to really leverage, you know, pop culture as entertainment is good and, and, uh, and amazing and wonderful because we all need those distractions. And then learning how to be able to, to leverage that information, I think, to help us, you know, live a, a, a life that is a bit more balanced and then leads us to, you know, a better relationship with God. And, and I think that we all do better when we're more connected and less connected in that capacity. Thank you so much for everything you're doing, Mia. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Here at Bible and Pop Culture, we look for interesting ideas to engage the culture with honest, authentic conversation to learn more about ourselves, each other, and God. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel or find us at BibleandPopCulture.com to hear other topics. Bible and Pop Culture is crowdfunded and a nonprofit organization so that we can freely provide our content to start great conversations. You can help us do this by checking out BibleandPopCulture.com's donate button with either a one-time gift or supporting us monthly. Thank you so much for your support and we'll see you next conversation.